this a glory road for artists who going the farthest Don't let me start this spiral of control Got the pen to touch my soul like what you owe To the devil man and you ain't even got a plan Probably gonna lose hope and kick the can Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of Ope Sports with Jordan Adams. We are here again with co-host Andrew. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic today, Jordan. Well, that is good news. I hope everyone out there had a good Christmas. And, um, well, let's get in it for the final show of the year. Zion Williamson the NBA basketball player for the New Orleans Pelicans, his final three years of his contract are no longer guaranteed. This comes after he has missed more than 22 games during the 22-23 season. Uh, His contract had language in it regarding missed playing time and um, periodic weigh-ins to make sure he's not, frankly, unhealthy or too fat because he's just had a problem with this he can't maintain a good weight he can't play out there i mean this was a guy who was like supposed to be a generational talent i mean i don't know if anyone thought he was going to be michael jordan or anything but i mean he was supposed to be a bona fide number one pick this guy will turn around your franchise and you are so lucky to hit number one this year and all you've gotten is a guy who's fat and can't stay healthy. I mean, it's kind of sad because he has all the physical tools and the physical build that he was just blessed with on pure luck, and then he just blows it away by not staying healthy and not eating right, and it's kind of funny because now he had his big $200 million contract, and well, now they could waive him theoretically after a season if things get really bad, and I mean, I don't think teams are going to be lining up to get the overweight guy who's injury prone. I mean, so it's going to be kind of interesting. I know you don't do too much basketball, but I know you might have an understanding on how a player not being healthy and not being in shape might impact uh, a team. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, it's good to see Eddie Lacy's trainers still getting work after Marcus (laughs) Russell, Eddie Lacy. Now you can add Zion Williams to that solid resume that I'm sure he has so far uh but yeah no that definitely sucks though like to make it to the top NBA get a 200 million dollar contract and like you said be born that lucky with all the genetics just perfectly right so much shit has to go right just for you to mess it up and like it's just sad to see man uh I wish that I wish the best for him and hope he can eventually get that two hundred million dollar contract. I guess like fulfill it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're lucky to be in this league, so take ten years and just pay someone to keep you on track and to keep healthy, and then after that, you can just live at Popeyes and dump chicken in your mouth and drink ranch and then go to McDonald's afterwards for a Big Mac dessert. That's completely fine, but. First, you need to have your career in the NBA. You can't just have this and then decide later, oh, wait, I should have played in the NBA. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and, and, I, and I don't get it. There's been warnings before. I mean, it's not like I'm the first person to be critical or that it's just fans and the coaches are pleased or analysts are completely pleased. Everyone has been telling him for years that this is an issue, and he just doesn't get it. And... You know, it is kind of sad that you lose your deal like that, but at the end of the day, people have been 
just pounding this in your head and you've had half a decade in the league now and you just don't want to get it through your head, then, well, it's frankly survival of the fittest. Someone else is going to earn that $200 million then. Maybe split, about, split, among, uh, split up amongst other players, but someone's going to get that money and someone in the world is hungry for the money and not the junk food. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all I have to say on the uh, NBA. Um, now let's just get right into the NFL. Um, we'll start off with some division news. Kicker Caro Santos, a 32-year-old kicker, has agreed to a four-year, $16 million deal with the Chicago Bears. $9.5 million is guaranteed. Um this year, he's gone 29 for 31 on field goals and 27 for 29 on extra points. Uh, that's a 7.9% field goal percentage improvement over his career and a 1.8% extra point career decline uh, based on this season. Only two missed kicks with each, but uh, he's also playing in the Windy City. He's been playing here for a few, or there for a few years, um, and then before that, uh, KC for a number of years. Um, no Pro Bowls, no All-Pros, and I mean, on average of this deal, it's $4 million a year. That seems a little spendy for a kicker. I mean, that's pretty good consistency when you're talking Chicago, because it's very difficult to kick there, but, I mean, there's also, like, zero pressure on the kicker right now with how Chicago's playing. Um, right now, they're in a little hot streak, but it's kind of too little too late, in my opinion, so I just think that seems like kind of a big deal for a kicker who maybe hasn't earned it i mean he's on the back side of his career no matter if he plays till his mid-40s or not and likely he doesn't get a pro bowl or all pro i don't know it seems like a giant extension to a guy who hasn't really done anything 10 million guaranteed i would say that that's a long extension for an older player but then again like some of the oldest players in NFL history have been kickers. There's no real reason to believe that any kicker in the league can't make it to the late 30s, as far as from what we can see, for any physical reason, of course, as well. Like, uh, so, and I mean, I think the money's right. I mean, the cap is probably going up, what, another 20 million this year? Yeah. Like, it's going to go up to 270 some odd or 300 or some ballpark there like four mil to get a relatively consistent kicker yeah i don't see why you don't just lock that in i mean the the age of him isn't really concerning as a kicker like you said it's more so just that he's 32 and hasn't been a top two or top three player at his position any year to this point and that's why i think it's a big deal overall but you know like if justin tucker wanted this deal yeah, you know, he probably makes a little more than that, and it's yeah. fine. Um, but not everyone's Justin Tucker. You know, I'm not going to go pay 9 out of 10 kickers all the time unless they're super consistent, really bring something to the table. I think, you know, he's been fine, and like he said, the cap's going up. Chicago has a lot of money, um, but they're going to have a decision to make here in a couple years do you pay Justin Fields, or do you reboot this thing? Now, if you pay Justin Fields, you'll still have some money to fluctuate, but they need an O-line. They maybe need another wide receiver. I mean, I like DJ Moore, but that's about it. Um, 
running back, uh, slew of injuries this year. I don't know if you can really trust that position. And outside of Sweat, I mean, I feel like they kind of dished off their star players so they could, you know, build up their team again. So if you pay Fields, I don't know how many other big guys you can go to in free agency. And if you don't, you're still going out in free agency. Four million's not going to hamper you in any way, but it just seems, I don't know, a little odd to me. But but like you said, they have all these other issues to worry about. The last thing you want to worry about for the next four years is probably kicker. You have someone yeah. that's decent, lock him up, forget about it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you don't have too much to worry about. And, you know, um, if you got to cut them at the end of the day, it's not like groundbreaking money that's going to set you back. You could easily just... That's what I would do, though, is maybe look into the draft. I always think drafting kickers is good because... They are so cheap, and you can find a good one in the 6th, 7th round, but it is a crapshoot. You know, just because a guy's kicking good in college doesn't mean it's translating to the NFL. Same high school to college, or people from other countries even are being brought in to kick now, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. We had our first uh, Hong Kong NFL, uh, first Hong Kong citizen that moved here for the NFL, and Dicker the kicker. I don't know his first name, but that's the nickname, Chargers Kicker. He is uh, 100% on extra points this season. Hmm. Yeah, pretty wild. Interesting. And Philly cut him, too, so even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, kickers and punters, they have such a high turnover. It's the only position where you can have one bad game and be gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, there's probably, like I said, Tucker, maybe, he might be the only kicker who's, like, immune to having a bad game and be okay. I mean, there's a few other kickers who, obviously, they don't always get cut after one game, but it could. Every other kicker, it could. (laughs) I did want to comment on this, though. Like, there is... Kickers are getting more expensive draft value-wise. Like, look at Youngway Koo. What was he, a late third... Or an early third-round pick? I thought he was undrafted. Youngway Koo? No, I think he went down as one of the higher uh, ones, right? I I thought he was undrafted by some other team and got cut. Thinking of uh, some the Buccaneers kicker. There was a kicker a couple of years ago who got picked in the third round, and I do not think he panned out. And the Vikings drafted Daniel Carlson in the fifth round, I believe, when we did, hmm. which was pretty high for a kicker. And I know like Blair Walsh was like a sixth rounder back in the day. That used to be pretty typical, those sixth, seventh rounders finding a guy. Uh, but yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. There was a guy in the third and. I've seen fifth rounders a little more common. Um, I still haven't seen that first rounder in, uh, since the Raiders did it like 25 years ago or yeah. whatever with Janikowski. Right. Um, but hey, if you're going to be consistent like him, like you can say it was a whiff, but was I mean, it? was it? Right, exactly. You got like 20 years out of it, dude. Like... <laughs> and your team kind of sucked for a lot of those years too, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, then, um, the Buccaneers and quarterback Baker Mayfield have reportedly mutual interest in a new deal. Last week I was saying that I believe this makes sense. Uh, I figured that there is no way they would not talk at this point because he's had such a good season. And if they win the division, they can make a run for a number of years in it with how the division looks. Um, This season, he's 64.3% completion percentage, 3,598 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 8 picks. Um, A phenomenal year, and I truly think 
sometime this offseason or in the next couple of weeks, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Evans walks back his statement on leaving the Buccaneers. I would not be surprised because he said that last year when things were questionable and now if Baker Mayfield comes back and the season he's had with him, there's chemistry. That's not guaranteed everywhere. He can make runs in the division. He knows how good the defense can be. They're well coached. I, I, I don't know. I really like him staying there if Mayfield returns. Uh, what do you think on that? Yeah, I feel like partially, like, the reason Mike Evans might have been concerned after Brady left is because he's thinking back to, like, the Jameis Winston days of un- complete uncertainty at the quarterback position. But, like, I'm a Baker Mayfield, like, supporter. I don't think he's, you know, elite or anything like that, but he definitely deserves a starting role in the league. He has a spot there for that. And him and Mike Evans can obviously get stuff done together. I mean... Mike Evans put up another 1,000-yard season uh, with him, and pretty handily as well. And it's only going to get better if they have a full offseason together again. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, if they don't want him to come, I wouldn't be surprised if they might maybe be a bundle somewhere together, Evans and Mayfield, because he might want to continue that, because... But if he wants to walk out there, the only reason I could see that is if he truly, the only thing he wants, the only thing he cares about is a Super Bowl championship. He wants another one, and that's it. It does not regard money or anything, because if he's concerned about money or his Hall of Fame career or anything, he's got everything solidified and remaining in Florida where you're not paying state taxes, or, uh, yes, state taxes, uh, that is gonna be the most bang for your buck the least amount of time you're gonna have to spend on unnecessary stuff in the offseason with moving uh you can just get into the nitty-gritty with your quarterback and work on you know getting that chemistry down continuing that improving on another season uh so the only way he leaves is if he wants that super bowl and he's gonna take a reduced contract because teams like kansas city buffalo Dallas, uh, Philly, they're going to constantly want top-tier players on their team. San Francisco is another team. Imagine if they added Mike Evans to their roster. I mean, seriously. Would there even be room at that point? (laughs) Mike Evans wouldn't get 1,000 yards on that. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, most of these teams, he'd KC would be their number one for sure. But a lot of these teams, he'd be a number two or a number three stepping in, and he might not get his 1,000 yards. So... If you care about your accolades and stats and all that, stay in Tampa Bay. If you care about money, stay in Tampa Bay. You can still compete for a playoff spot there, can still compete for division titles. And depending on what they sign with contracts and how their next draft class is, they have a lot of young talent. They could compete for Super Bowls. And this year, they're not. But next year they could. I mean, people can turn around this league very quick, and they have a nice foundation. So, I mean, even if it's not next year, though, two or three years down the line, I mean, the sky is open, or it's wide open in that division, and... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he just turned 30, right? Like, he's, yeah, still, he's got still some time in the, on the clock. Yeah, you're 30 sure. or 31. So, I mean, he's like, he's early 30s. He's He's got juice in the tank. Yeah. I I've just I would think it's silly to leave anywhere else. He, really, the only thing that makes sense to me is that if he leaves for Kansas City, Kansas City. like Kansas. that 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 is it. Because I, if he needs Mahomes needs a wide receiver there, a legitimate wide receiver one. 
And he probably needs a wide receiver, too. I mean, I like that Rice guy they got. He's Rasheed pretty solid. Rasheed yeah. Rice. He seems pretty solid, but he's not a number one. No, he's, he's a not, rookie. Like, yeah. it's, and he's a late-round rookie at yeah. that. Like, he's got some experience. Yeah. He could be over number one one day, but... I think he could be a number two or a number three that's solid in that offense that can compete for championships. But they need a number one. Find it in the draft or someone like Mike Evans. There's a ton of great wide receivers in this league. There's constantly going to be people coming into free agency, into the draft. So, I don't know. I don't know where you want to look, but it has to be mutual. So You know what I can picture? Mike Evans just, like, sitting watching uh, Randy Moss and Tom Brady's, like, record-breaking season together and just frothing at the mouth knowing he could have that with Mahomes for a season. Like, you're looking at um, potentially undefeated, like, if Kansas City had a number one wide receiver target. Mm. Or just not Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah, it would help. Uh, I could replace Tony, I think. <laughs> um, no, I think Mike Evans is going to do a veteran minimum deal for Minnesota to be our number three with Addison and Jefferson. <laughs> Dang, that would be so legit, but that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, no. um, and then Titans defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, he's 26 years old. He has been placed on IR. Uh, weak team having a bad year, but he's a two-time pro bowler, two-time second team all pro. This season he has 44 tackles, five and a half sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a pass deflection. Um, Things just aren't looking good in Tennessee. They haven't been looking good all year, and this just gets things worse. Their last two games are going to be that much more difficult not having an all-pro caliber defensive tackle. I mean, they have, I think, five wins on the season right now with an all-pro. Things don't get better when you lose them. So um, they're going to finish at the bottom like everyone suspected, I think, and that's... uh, that's just how it is. But, I mean, you can hang your hat on the fact that Will Levis is looking decent for a second-round rookie. Wasn't he hurt, though? Isn't that what happened? Because I saw Tannehill got placed back in the other day. Like, he, he was the one playing. Oh, that I don't know. <clears throat> uh, I just know the past few weeks. But before that, he was, yeah, I mean, they probably yeah. have their guy. Just got to give him an O-line and wide receivers and a defense. Yeah. He's got a running back, but I don't know if Derrick Henry wants to be in Tennessee much more. <laughs> he might, Henry's tired. Yeah, and he wasn't even like a starter their first two, his first two years. <laughs> that shows you how bad Tennessee's run. He wasn't literally wasn't starting his like first two years. He was coming in relief, just dominating, and they still, nah. As a running back, <laughs> the one position you can pretty much solidly put them in as a rookie, day one. Yeah, let's not run them. We we got Mariota. <laughs> um, and then some big news today. The Broncos are benching quarterback Russell Wilson. Um, now, this is not from play this season. Um, he didn't look good this last game necessarily. He got benched. But what this is is because he has a $37 million injury guarantee into his contract that locks in in March for 2025. So... If he were to get hurt, and then he's not recovered by that point, he's locked in for a second year at $37 million. He's already guaranteed $39 million for the 2024 season, um, and it's still likely, I'm hearing, that they are going to cut him and move on from Russell Wilson and take that hit next year. So this is ensuring that they don't have to take that hit for two years. Um, 
So that makes a lot of sense, you know, because he has had a resurgence this year. He's been looking a lot better, and I don't know who you want to credit that to. Um, All I know is Russell Wilson will be a starter next year somewhere. I'm not saying he's going to finish the season a starter, but he will start somewhere. And this is where you start getting into the... Like, the little details of all the teams. Like, Atlanta, I think, is a prime destination for a quarterback this year. I think if the Vikings don't want Cousins, that's their number one pick, is Kirk Cousins. And I could see a guy like Wilson being, well, let's bring him in. And both of them are better than Ritter. So, um, things are looking good there. Um, I I think he's going to generate a lot of interest. Um, Hey, someone maybe even like the Patriots, maybe they're going to want to go with Russell Wilson or something, uh, which would be hilarious if they just keep on this veteran train. Um, But honestly, you went the rookie route and got Mac Jones. Uh, Bailey Zapp's looking solid, so maybe you'd want to run with him. But if you don't, I could see maybe going with Russell Wilson because you're not really liking the first-round picks. But... We're going to have to see what happens there, because I know I've heard that Belichick's out, but then also earlier this season he signed an extension. So who the hell really knows? Yeah. I I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Wilson, though. But, um, yeah, it just opens the door for a lot more uh, quarterbacks to uh, move around in the league. What do you think of this news? I'm happy for it. Uh, I know last week you mentioned, like, the amount of quarterback needy teams that there are going to be in in my mind, I think there are, like, nine teams that could legitimately try to trade up to the first overall spot, even. Like, that's kind of where they're at from a quarterback perspective. So having two big-name quarterbacks out on the market, I think kind of, yeah, it's a little bit more chaotic. But at the very least, in terms of the rookie class, it makes the draft less chaotic, in my mind. Well, I mean, I think the first thing that's going to... Because free agency happens in March, and then isn't the draft in late April, I believe, usually? So, um, obviously, teams are going to probably start looking into how can we get to that number one pick, or how can we move up in the draft, what's likely to be out there, who are we competing against, they're probably going to be doing their research on that, and then that's going to, a few teams are going to shy away, they're going to look at what we're probably going to have to give up, what the competition is, and you know what? let's let's look in free agency let's let's deal with that and i bet there's two or three teams who decide to go that route in the first few weeks while teams are battling in the playoffs and um that it's gonna be interesting that another one uh wilson from the jets uh zach wilson i'm not saying he starts anywhere but some he's gonna be a backup somewhere some team is gonna make a move on him and there might be an injury he i don't I'm not ready to give up on him. I'm not ready to say he's a great quarterback or a crappy quarterback. I don't know. I don't want to say anything on the Jets right now. He could very well end up as, like, a Jimmy Garoppolo Mm. type player, like, move around a lot and always in that, like... That's another quarterback. Is he a guy? Is he not a guy? Jimmy G's going to get interest. Someone's going to sign him. I I don't think a starter, though. I think his days as a starter is over. I'm pretty sure someone's going to sign him as a premier backup 
Like I don't even know if he can get premier backup money. You don't think? I mean, they gave Bridgewater like ten million dollars a year some years he got as like a backup. Nineteen million dollars uh, his, his last backup. Well, job. I'm not saying he gets nineteen million. That's I still think twenty million in that range is starting quarterback money, not high end quarterback starter, but yeah. a, a low end uh, twenty million is. I think ten million is great backup money, and that's I think he can get that. Still. See, but I'm saying I think Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> kind of reset that backup market a bit. Because he was signed as a I don't know, for though. that 19 mil. This year? Yeah. No, he wasn't. He was their starter. He started all the games. They benched him for O'Connell because he was so bad. Oh, right. No, <laughs> Raiders still had uh, Derek Carr on the team, which is why I had that in my head, I think. Yeah, because they. I think they did while they had him, but then he went to the... Saints, Saints yeah. and then so Garoppolo was their starter, but and they he did signed so him bad. probably as a starter. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah. O'Connell is, but I think that you know, and there's no way like that had to have taken off his value losing to a rookie quarterback O'Connell that no one heard of, and he flat out outplayed you. <laughs> Sixty three points outplayed. I mean, even if it was against a stick, it is what it is. <laughs> um, and then now some sad news though. Uh, Vikings tight end TJ Hawkinson, uh, he's out for the year with an ACL MCL, uh, and then linebacker DJ Wanham is out for the season with a quad injury. They are on IR, out for the year, Hmm. done. So, uh, the season wasn't looking good. No, it's really not looking good. This is news yeah. to me, so I'm, you're getting my raw emotion here. Well, they were, uh, after the game, they were, I think it was the next day it was reported that the Vikings were bracing for the worst with Hawkinson. I had no idea, because I thought he was questionable to come back that game yeah. for a little bit. I know they ruled him out early in, like, the second half, but at one point he was questionable, which, I mean, always right away they say yeah. questionable, but... I mean, I, I had no idea it was that bad. And then yeah, that's an injury that is week gonna... one next year. I don't know yeah. I, if he's ready. He's gonna be probably on a pinch count or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Wanham, I think this is a contract year for him, which really hurts. Um, I mean, he had a breakout year, yeah. so a lot of people are gonna look at him. But then they're also gonna be a little risky because. Daniel Hunter was right next to you. You were with a defensive player of the year candidate. How good are you? You know what I mean? You you had an upward trajectory, but then you were paired with a Hall of Famer. So that that might some teams might have a little question on them. And then there's the further question, do you recover from this? How do you recover from this? What's the timetable? How how are things I mean, I, I'm not saying this is a quad injury, it's not the most serious injury in the world, yeah. but there is, a, I mean, not a, any injury can mess anyone up. It yeah. doesn't matter. It might be in your head, mental, you know. So there's going to be some questions. I think this leads to a one-year deal with whoever picks him. It's going to be a one-year prove-it deal. I think he's one of those players. He didn't do enough to make someone go, I'm going to just bet everything. $30 million, let's give it to him. Let's get the whole system. I don't see someone else going, well, Maybe we can't give him premier money like that, but let's give him a big term of five years or something. I don't see anyone doing that. I see a lot of teams maybe given a big contract of a single year. or And I don't even mind if we were to offer that because we're letting go of Davenport. He's done. 
Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. We haven't talked about him in like 15 him. weeks. I, yeah. <laughs> in fact, he, I thought he was on like the short-term IR for like four or eight weeks. Yeah. Where the hell is Davenport? He just never came back from that IR. Him and Justin Jefferson went out the same week, <laughs> and he just never came back. This guy's still partying in like Atlanta or something. Oh, oh y'all left? Dang. <laughs> it's been 10 weeks, man. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like if Flores likes Wanham, and I mean, I think he does, like, Wanham has been kind of a stud for us. I could see us giving, like, a two- to three-year deal, but I do agree that we're the only team that gives that to him because we have all this prior experience with him. Like, if anybody does, it's us. I'm not sure if that's a smart move or not. Like you said, a quad injury isn't like, oh, no, like hook him up to the respirator while he's playing or anything like that. Like it can be nagging over the years, but he's been solid. I can't remember him being out for any significant time with injury. No, I mean, but it, it's just, um, it, it's probably low on the priority list. Cause your top three priorities right now are re-signing Hunter, re- um, extending Jefferson and figuring out what you're doing with cousins. Yeah. And then once you figure all that out, then it's going to be how much money do you have left? What does Wanham want? And he could outprice himself or maybe this injury, no one wants to offer him anything and we're able to give him a one year deal that matches what others. And he can come back here at great training facilities, crap he's familiar with rehab his injury and show what he's got and then make his big money the next year. That's, Definitely a possibility. Um, but if Cousins wants premier money, I mean, I just don't see any money on the table anymore. I mean, but we're going to get that $10 million that we're paying Davenport this year. That's going to be back on the books, or maybe it's even more. I don't remember. Um, whatever Hunter got this year, that will be back in our cat pool. Um, I, I don't know if we bring Madison back. I wouldn't bring him I back. I hope we don't so. bring Madison back. <laughs> Just wave him. Just yeah. cut your losses. Like I don't. I can't imagine he got much guaranteed. You'll probably eat some cap space. Just get him off the team. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I think Bradbury as center. I'm ready to move off him. I think he gets hurt a lot, and when he's out there, he doesn't look very good. I mean, last year I think he really started coming into himself before his injury, and since then I just I don't know. I I would move off. I don't think he's. I think he's getting paid. Money that could be better used elsewhere, um, but then that also opens up needing a center, but I still think we need a center regardless if we're paying him or not. Yeah. So, uh, And then O'Neal had another injury now from last week, so he's had a string of them. Is that someone maybe you consider moving off of? He's had a lot of injuries, and this year he wasn't looking as good for a lot of the time. Maybe it's starting to add up, and I think so. You have three major injuries or whatever it's been at this point and you're you know late 20s as a 300 plus pound man with other 300 pound plus dudes using all their strength against you time's yeah. a ticking yeah <laughs> injuries are burning time's a ticking time to definitely get off o'neill i think we keep bradbury like if we move off o'neill i don't see us making a splat like a double splash for offensive linemen and really go for it in that way. Yeah. But and out of those two, I would prefer to keep Bradbury, like already comfortable with cousins and everything. Yeah, I, it's it's gonna be an interesting offseason and these injuries just made it a lot more 
a lot more interesting. <laughs> um, but now on to the game where the Minnesota Vikings uh, lost to the Detroit Lions, thirty to twenty-four. The Vikings fall to seven-eight, and the Lions move up to eleven and four and clinch the division. Mullins, who was hoping not to turn over the ball as much, failed. Uh, went twenty-two for thirty-six, four hundred and eleven yards, two touchdowns, four picks. One rush, one rush yard. Um, so I, I think he's better than Dobbs because yeah. he's he's able to move the the ball down the field. He has the same amount of turnovers, but he actually gets touchdowns on top of it. He can throw to receivers, and we saw Addison have a hundred yard game, Jefferson have a hundred yard game. Clearly, he's able to spread the ball and do things well. So I like that, but good God, you can't be given eight turnovers in two games or whatever the hell it's been. It's, if it's any, exhausting. If anything, he throws the ball too well to receivers and doesn't lead them at all. So Justin Jefferson just standing there waiting for the ball to hit him with anybody coming in to grab it. Yeah. I probably could have picked that ball. Yeah, I think Mullins is just, you know, trying to do too much. Maybe trying to, I mean, this season's kind of on the line. Like I was saying last week, I think the Vikings have to win out to have a chance because... Seattle and the Rams are on our tails, and I'll get into it later, but sure enough, here they are. Um, It's kind of a brutal loss. Um, I know they were talking about looking into maybe playing Hall or uh, continuing with Mullins, and I haven't heard anything since if we've for sure gone with Mullins or made a switch. I mean, I think I would have heard if we would have made a switch. Um, Right now, I'm guessing it's just going to be Mullins, but... um, I think we should play Hall. Yeah, I think we should, too. Uh, My one reservation, though, is that TJ Hawkinson's gone and Brian O'Neill's gone. So it might be a lot more pressure and you don't have your security blanket as much. So I'm a a tad bit worried, but I would still like to give him the shot. But I think fans would just... That's going to be the really hard thing is fans are going to have to really be understanding if he makes mistakes and if things go wrong. It's I mean, look at the season. It's kind of over and he's had he he doesn't have his full um, toolkit at his disposal. So if he throws some dumb picks or gets hit a lot, I mean, I don't want Vikings fans to be so hard on the kid because it could ruin his confidence and he could be done if he has two bad games and the fans are berating him on Twitter or what they now call as X. Um. <laughs> well, there's not a better team to really go against than the Packers. Like, So Joe Barry runs an Ed Donatelle. He's basically Ed Donatelle, essentially. Uh, so you have a very weak defense. They've traded Razal... Uh, Roswell Douglas earlier, uh, who was their number two cornerback. Jair Alexander is suspended. You're looking at a depleted, depleted cornerback room, and like, I don't see why you don't go with the uh, rookie to build his confidence up against the Packers. Like, well, it's just for that exact reason you said, though. Like, it's a depleted secondary, and it's against the Packers, and we're still in the playoff hunt. So the owners are probably going to want to go with the veteran. Well, we were so close this last game. We were so close the game before. and I, I mean, I guess you're right, but I think the points you made are exactly why the owners won't think that way. I, I Personally, in my opinion, I think you're completely right, but... 
I just don't think that's what they're going to think at all. And I mean, I'm kind of mad, but if Mullins throws four picks against the Packers and we lose and then we're seven and nine, it's it's not even that big of a deal I'm anymore. I'm not unhappy. No, I'm not unhappy if that happens. Like, if we're looking at 7-10 and 10 to end the season, whatever. At this point, I'm kind of focused on the offseason draft. We just spent a bunch of time talking about the offseason off-rip. We're obviously both excited for it at this point. Well, I mean... This season's over. Like, I, I mean, I said last week, I think the I think the Lions lose, and then they end up winning the division the final week in ceremonic fashion. But, and I said afterwards, but maybe I have this reversed. Maybe we'll lose at home, and we'll win the last game. Because, I didn't say this on the podcast, but in my head, as I forgot, my only reason because is the Lions would have it locked up already, so they wouldn't be playing their starters, yeah. and we'd have an easier time. Um, and hey, I that that actually seems very plausible right now. So um, it's just going to come down to how the Lions play this week and how the seeding works, if they can move up or if they're going to move down and yada yada. Um, we should say congratulations to the Lions fans who have never seen the Lions win a division championship. Like, you guys, you guys got that W. Yeah, I, I saw a guy at the gas station. Man, he had a, he had a lion's coat on, right? And his wife comes in. She's like, "Why is there gas not at my pump? I gave you fifty dollars, or whatever." And the lady's like, "She couldn't figure it out, whatever." So then this guy comes in with his lion's coat. He's like, "I can't get my gas. I can't get my gas." So like, I don't know. There's some issue with him not being able to get his fifty dollars. Anyways, so we're done in the store. So we just walk off. And I mutter to my uh, fiance, I say. It's what you get for being a Lions fan. <laughs> what do you mean? How can you give the Lions fan? Because they got their Christmas wish, okay? I had to spend my Christmas Eve sulking in a loss. I don't care if they won their stupid division, okay? Eh, let them have it. See, I prefer them over the Packers or Bears, but I, I feel like people are getting too comfortable. We're not, we can't be their fan, though. Like, they just won the division. That's our enemy now. That's our biggest rival, technically. I'm not saying congratulations, Lions. I'm saying congratulations, Lions fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, like, you, but I'm, I just hear that a lot in Viking circles. It's just like, oh, go for the Lions, or I'm not mad, or whatever. And maybe you can feel that on one year, but that's just how it starts. You win one year, then you win two years, then you win three years. So, at some point... You, you got to get ready and brace for it and understand this is not the Lions team of prior. This is a team that could dominate the division for five years. Yeah. So, I mean, a few years ago I said I would not mind walking around with a Calvin Johnson jersey. I love Megatron. Now, see, I understand why I could never do that. It's You, you, you can't. You can't with your division team. These are your rivals. And... I, I get it, though. I hate the Lions a hell of a lot less than I do the Bears or the Packers. But even the Bears and Packers, there's a wide range between how much I hate the Packers. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it, it's a totem pole, but I still don't like the Lions. And yeah. the, the, I hate them now more than I've ever hated them. Because they finally won the division and staked the claim of, hey, we're a team. Yeah, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like, you said, where do you draw the line? Like, this is the line. I'm not going to be cheering for it next year. I'm not going to be congratulating them next year. Like, one year is the line. But, you know, you can be happy for the fans this year. 
you see they're jacking up ticket prices on everyone in at in uh, Detroit now? Really? Yeah. Yep. You have you have thirty years of crap, then you have one good year, now you're hiking up the ticket prices on everyone. That's hilarious. Same thing in Jacksonville. I spoke with my family. They're having you know, last year they finally started doing good and this year they've until recently have had a really good year. And now they want to do a new stadium there and they want to raise taxes on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious see the vikings when they asked for it i think we were having a little bit of a downturn but we were also coming off a big success run with Favre and yeah. stuff so but the one thing is the the vikings never have 30 years of i mean we've had a whole 60 years of misery but we have never had misery to the extent of no division titles no you know, ten win seasons or making like we've we've done things overall. The Minnesota Vikings have been a good yeah. product for sixty plus years. So you want to ask for money? It's more reasonable. But you want to suck forever and then have one good year and just now start to think, well, I'm taking advantage of everyone. It it's really sad. I mean, it makes sense because you just couldn't before, but. Man, what the hell? You, I I think you gotta give people an extra year yeah. or something because first Lions home playoff game should be free for everyone to enter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I remember a few years ago, like when the Viking Stadium collapsed and we had to play our game somewhere. We played in Detroit; and it was free to attend if you go. Like, I mean, yeah. and I mean, I get it. You know, a lot of Vikings fans can't make that drive or whatever. But if you know, even if you're just a Lions fan, you could attend, and they didn't sell it out for free. So. And I, and I get it, it's not a complete rational, but you also look at when the Lions played games. They weren't selling any of them out either, so yeah. um, it's just funny stuff. But anyways, we should get back into how we were discussing the game. Uh, Chandler, eight carries, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't use them at all, really, and maybe we should have. I mean, I get the Lions have a pretty good run defense, but eight carries is very minimal for a game that was never we were never down by three touchdowns we were never down by four touchdowns it was a close game relatively the entire time probably at the end those last couple drives i wouldn't have ran it just like what happened but earlier in that game i feel like we could have ran it i i feel like we probably should have kept it honest i mean 36 times mullins threw it that's a lot of throws from your guy Maybe you want to keep him honest a little by not throwing all the dang time, but uh, it is what it is. Because he also had Madison with two more carries, negative one yards. He averaged half a yard loss per carry. I mean... Like we <sighs> said earlier, man, Madison has to go, man. <laughs> I mean, just just remember, the Vikings' last three or last four running backs are Adrian Peterson... Uh, uh, what the hell is it? Latavius Murray. I can't remember his first name. Uh, the Delvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Who who is the one who's... of these? Is not like the other. <laughs> um, but then you had an amazing receiving game. Although it happens when you throw the ball thirty six times. Jefferson caught six balls for one hundred forty one yards and a touchdown. Welcome back, Osborne. Five catches, ninety five yards, a touchdown. This is what we've been waiting for all year for him to explode and have a game like this um he he's been having a pretty nice uh little stretch here at the end osborne like even when he's not doing this well he's still quietly putting up 40 or 50 yards i think he might um 
because he was having a lot of drops early on. I think he's working himself to to a solid contract somewhere. Yeah. I thought he blew it completely, but he he's taken his chances here late, late, uh, lately in the season, and maybe he's not going to get a big contract somewhere, but I think he's going to get a one- or two-year sizable $10, 15000000 million deal somewhere. Uh, and KC, I... I I mean, I'm going to say that for probably every wide receiver out there. The KC makes sense because it just does. They should be targeting all 30 receivers who hit the market this season. (laughs) And they can lowball all of them because it's KC. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a title, two of you pick here for the minimum. We'll we'll win it. (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, uh, great receiving game for them. And then um, for the last time, we'll talk about TJ Hawkinson's uh, stats for the day. Four catches, 58 yards. Rest in peace, soldier. Uh, and then Powell, three catches and 53 yards. Solid for our uh, number three on the day when uh, Osborne had to step up and uh, Addison got hurt. Yeah. Um, courtesy of Andrew. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Greg Joseph, one for one field goal, three for three extra point. Ain't that something? Perfect kicking on a day you lose. Uh, then Cameron Bynum, eight tackles, two forced fumbles. He, he has a knack for hitting that ball out. Yeah. Uh, Pat Jones, the second, six tackles, a sack, and a poor uh, pass deflection. He's getting more uh, active in the games. And Ivan Pace Jr., four tackles and a fumble recovery. Adds another sexy stat for a potential late run at that defensive rookie of the year conversation. Potential. He's, he's got to do it. I mean, I seriously think he's going to finish top five for sure. Like, at this rate, yeah. he's even if at the beginning he was a little slower not playing, he's just been producing the last like four or five games and i think on a national level people are going to recognize him i think probably it's too late for the number one but he's definitely going to be in the running with some votes yeah yeah and and i'm happy with that i think linebacker was a position we desperately needed some help in and ivan pace jr really solved that he really solved that and um He's going to improve. He's going to keep improving. Yeah. And we still have Andre Carter that uh, is looking like he might improve, like, over the next offseason. Like, undrafted guy, you don't expect him to be fully good off the bat. Right. uh, Yeah, no. I think our linebacker core is looking pretty good for the next uh, couple years if those two work out. Yeah, I'm I'm excited with Ivan Pace Jr. I think... uh undrafted gem he's our next uh our next feeling guy to be praising about every game um undrafted out of this class <laughs> um and then into divisional standings uh number seven the colts uh hold their spot at eight and seven number six as uh, Buffalo, they just entered at nine and six, replacing Cincinnati. Uh, number five is Cleveland, ten and five. They're the same. Number four, Jacksonville, eight and seven. They're the same. Number three, KC, nine and six. They're the same. Number two, Miami, eleven and four. They're the same with a playoff spot locked down. And Baltimore at number one, twelve and three, with a playoff spot locked down. Um, in the AFC East, uh, the Jets and Patriots are already uh, eliminated, but they did both win this week. And Buffalo and Miami also won, so the, the entire division won. Um, I'm really shocked that Buffalo was able to bounce their way back in here. I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but um, 
I mean, hey, I also didn't think Joe Burrow was going to get hurt. I didn't think uh, C.J. Stroud was going to get hurt. I didn't think Justin Herbert was going to get hurt. I didn't think uh, Russell Wilson was going to get benched. Uh, you know, there's a slew of things that happened. Really, here. I feel like out of all of them, Russell Wilson getting benched is what I didn't expect. But, yeah, no, happy Buffalo's making a comeback. Yeah, I, you know, I still don't think they're uh, they're gonna do much in the playoffs. I just I don't think they're that talented overall. Um, but um, they're gonna be more of an exciting team to see in the playoffs than Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. So uh, I'm okay with it. Um, Miami though, they they're gonna have a big game this week. I believe they play the is it the Cowboys they play this week, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so that's gonna be a really big game for both the Cowboys and the Dolphins to maybe split up a pretender or not. No, they just played the Cowboys. Then they're who's... playing the Ravens. The Ravens. Yeah. Ah ha 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 ha. Yes, the Ravens. Okay. So again, that still will be a really, I mean, it's going to be a battle for who's going to be number one. If Miami wins, they're the number one. But if Baltimore wins, I they, they clinch. They yeah. clinch the conference and they're done. So, um, and yeah, actually, yeah. I really think Baltimore will win. The way yeah. they've been playing, I'm not, not even criticizing Miami, but it looks like Waddle might be hurt now and he's been so inconsistent. Um, and uh arcane or whatever that rookie the running back a chain a chain yeah he he's been falling off lately um moster god damn moster's been he's pretty consistent he's been pretty consistent getting a lot of touchdowns so i i like him as their guy uh, and tyree kill you know he's, he's just tyree, tyree kill. kill so I, I think miami's still probably gonna finish number two in the conference um that's where yeah. i like him and uh i think it's probably at the end of the year gonna come down to Baltimore, Miami for the conference finals. Right. The only team that I think in the AFC that has a chance, Cleveland Browns. And I don't say this with any other quarterback they've had this year. Joe Flacco right now is playing out of his freaking mind. I mean, seriously. He's even turning the ball over. And, they, and they're just recovering. That defense is elite. Yeah. They will bail you out of everything. is playing well. Cooper's playing well. And apparently they don't need chubb they got ford they got uh a kareem hunt uh, this team is good and i don't think they're at baltimore's level i don't think they're at miami's level but if any other team has a chance in that conference i think it's my uh the the uh browns over over casey yeah if you're looking at a dark horse team like any of your wild card teams who's making the super bowl cleveland is the clear favorite in that dark horse conversation yeah yeah um see uh baltimore and cleveland both won this week 12 and 3 for baltimore 10 and 5 for cleveland uh pittsburgh won 8 and 7 since he lost 8 and 7 since i think they're out pittsburgh i think they're out yeah. but uh cleveland they've I'm surprised they haven't locked down their spot yet, um, but there's a lot of eight and seven teams, so uh, it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, after this week, if they win, they lock themselves in. And even with a loss, they can probably lock themselves in with uh, enough losses amongst other teams. I don't, so I don't think they have to worry about like if if so and so loses even with a loss. I think it, at this point, it looks looks like it's win one and in. Well, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Houston are all at eight and seven, two games back, and still in it. Even Vegas and Denver are still in it. I don't think in for a wild card 
but um, they could still get in past KC. There's only four teams eliminated in the AFC, so yeah. Um, I mean, Cleveland's not locked in. They could they could miss out on a wild card. They could. Even with winning one game, I think if they win, they're they probably just get in. Yeah, with yeah, eleven, that's what I'm but like, yeah, win um, one and in basically either or. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a hell of a division. <laughs> but yeah, Cleveland. I think they got kind of lucky with Burrow getting hurt and Pittsburgh not having a quarterback. I still think they're good enough, but um, man, it's going to be an interesting offseason with offseason with Flacco. Even yeah, I mean. Someone's gonna probably call him. Yeah. And the way he's playing, we always jokes like, "Oh yeah, call up Flacco," but no, it turns out we should have called up yeah, Flacco. Yeah, why did we get Dobbs, man? Right. <laughs> um, and then he in the state in purple too. Right, this dude didn't even have to switch colors. AFC South. Uh, so yeah, Tennessee's done at five and ten. They lost this entire division. Lost eight and seven for Jacksonville, Indianapolis. And Houston, all at eight and seven. No, no one wants this division. They, no one wants it. Houston, they can't be healthy. Indianapolis, I, I'm still shocked they freaking have a winning record. I, I'm seriously baffled by it. And Jacksonville, I, I don't know what the hell happened. Fall off a cliff, man. Yeah, it's the injuries on Lawrence, man. He's just that's been the only thing I can think up. of. Yeah, because they're just not playing well. They haven't looked good in a long time. Um, Pretty sure he's looking at like car levels of injuries just lingering, like bruised rib, uh, high ankle sprain, concussion protocol at some point. Like they need to raise those taxes quick if they're going to get that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> they're about to have another thirty years of crap. <laughs> By the time they're good again, their new stadium will need to be improved. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, the AFC West, we have a loss in KC, nine and six, a win from Vegas, seven and eight, loss from Denver, seven and eight, a loss from the Chargers, five and 10. Um, KC, if they win a game, they lock up their division. Um, but I, I think they're just gonna get eliminated right away in the playoffs unless they get lucky with the matchup. But anyone who gets in at this point, I think they can beat KC. I... I don't know. Like Mahomes doesn't look like himself. Kelsey's not doing anything. Um, they need to get uh, Taylor Swift out of that stadium. They yeah. need to get her out because it's it has not been good. <laughs> it's been fun for me. I've personally enjoyed seeing Taylor Swift, just all the memes <laughs> and stuff. But I don't know. Uh, I, definitely, Casey's looking very beatable in a way that they haven't in five years, five yeah. six years. I'd actually love to see the Raiders win the division yeah. and knock Casey out. I think it would be hilarious. Um, but I, I feel like Casey, all they have to do is get one win. Best part is Mark Davis still wouldn't re, uh, re-sign Antonio Pierce, <laughs> even if they won the division. Yeah, he's going to go back to Gruden. <laughs> right. <laughs> Give him another guaranteed deal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the, the AFC looks like it's starting to – you know, the playoff picture looks like it's starting to finalize. I- I'm really thinking kind of right now what it is is probably how it's going to finish out. Um, if anyone else gets in, I'd say it's most likely that Houston is able to leapfrog the Colts. Um, but we'll have to see. 
Um, and then the NFC number one is San Francisco at 11 and four. They're the same. They've already clinched their division. Number two is Philly at 11 and four with a playoff spot clinch. They move up from the fifth seed. Number three is Detroit at 11 and four. They've clinched their division. Number four is Tampa Bay. They hold the same spot at eight and seven. Uh, number five is Dallas, who falls from the second seed at 10 and five. They've locked down a playoff spot. Number six is the Rams at eight and seven, moving up from the seventh spot. The sixth spot was previously occupied by the Vikings. And a new addition to the seventh seed is the Seattle Seahawks at eight and seven. Just as I predicted, if the Vikings do want to win out, Seattle and the Rams are going to creep up. Took one week for me to say that for us to lose our playoff spot and for Seattle and the Rams to move up to the spot. And the way they are playing, we'll just start with the NFC West. I don't see the Rams or Seahawks giving that up. Their Stafford is, if not the best, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the NFL right now. The last four or five weeks, he's been on fire. Puka Nakua is great. Uh, Cooper Cup's been a little on and off. A great running game. Uh, the Rams are just, they're loading up and they're ready for the playoffs. I think they're going to be a difficult team to play in the wild card round. I would not want to play them. And I have the same feeling with the Seahawks. Um, they have a scary receiving core. They have a good running back duo. Geno Smith, he's proven he can play. Um, the defense is, they added Frank Clark. They have a youth of a youth movement there. Uh, another team I wouldn't want to play in the opening round. Uh, I don't think either team is like a Super Bowl contender, but they are both. They're both going to be scary, fast, and competitive. Uh, but the 49ers, even though they got beaten um, with their loss this week, they uh, I still think they're pretty good. They they faced a very legitimate Ravens team. Um, and I think the 49ers are probably the best team in the NFC. So I think that really shows you the gap between the Ravens and the rest of the league. If the Ravens beat Miami, I would... Pending injury locked them in for a Super Bowl title. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. That's that's really the only team that I could see. I mean, seriously, I, I thought probably the 49ers and Baltimore Ravens would be what we look at. And, I mean, I don't think Purdy has that bad of a game if they meet again in the Super Bowl. But I don't think the Ravens play that much worse to yeah. give it up. You right. know what I mean? So, like, I could see, like, a little more competitive game. But... I still don't see the Ravens going down. I don't think the Ravens played at 100%, and they're without, like, their top two running backs. And Odell Beckham, even if he's healthy, you know he's hurt, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> something, something's bothering him, no matter what. He might have an injury given to him by the uh, kicking post that injured him. You know, you never know with this guy. <laughs> right, right. Um. So, yeah, that's a really good division. I, I think right now they're probably going to be sending three teams in. Rams and Seahawks are definitely getting hot at the exact right time. Like, started off hot. Both of them kind of started off pretty hot. Had a little mid-season slump. They were competing with the... In fact, they had the division lead for a few weeks. Yeah. Then after that, a little bit of a mid-season slump, but... You Same with what? the Niners. Doesn't really matter if you get hot at the end of the season exactly. going into the playoffs. That's how you make a run for the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, Cleveland's another one of those teams getting hot at the right time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you can't really say that about much of the other teams in the NFC. That is for sure. No, yeah, no one else really looks uh, hot. Everyone else seems really up and down. Um, Detroit, I 
I'm not convinced, but we'll get to them in a second. Uh, NFC East, uh, Philly and Dallas. <laughs> These teams are just, they're just flip-flopping. And I really think they're both good teams, but they're far from great. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play either team in the playoffs, but if I were to play them, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't give it up. I, I wouldn't feel lost. I, I know there's a chance. Yeah. I know there's a chance playing them, but that doesn't mean they're not difficult games. I mean, you yeah. know what they can do, but they almost beat themselves in their games. It seems like they don't, they don't really want it. I, I feel like Dallas needs to go after these games more. They have such an extreme offense, but then defense a lot of the time, it just seems like, I see Micah Parsons gets held a, a lot. Like maybe those calls need to start being making, but those injuries are starting to pile up in uh, Dallas, I think. And yeah. teams are really beating them up now. And Philly, I mean, who whose finger do I point at? Jalen Hurts? Like, like I, I don't know. Their defense, like they have the players. You look at that front seven, you go, good God. You see the safeties they've added, yeah. the corners they have. You know they're well coached. You look at their receiving core. Swift, he put up like a 200-yard game earlier this season. Right. Their O-line, I mean, who do you blame? I, I, It has to be Jalen Hurts. It yeah, has to be. Really? And, I mean, and that's crazy because you know Jalen Hurts, he can play like an MVP. Right. So He has, he has that dog in him, right? Like Yeah. So I don't even know if you lay the blame on him. It's just but, circumstances at that point. Like, I mean, I feel like the quarterback gets all the credit, and they also take all the blame. Oh, for and, sure. And that's kind of what's happened with Philly. They're eleven and four, and we're talking like this about them. You right. know what I mean? So, like, even if we point the fingers at Jalen Hurts and it's all his fault, it's not like he's losing his job next year. I mean, I have heard reports about internal concerns over his leadership abilities and stuff, and I have seen him leave the game early um, for, well, not like the game early, but when people are walking out for handshakes, he leaves and doesn't do handshakes and stuff. Like, he might be a little childish, like, and that might be a valid concern. He might not have those leadership qualities. Um, so if, if that'll be an interesting off-season story. Like, imagine some crazy thing where, like, they cut him. You know what I mean? Like, and even if he does, that would just make another quarterback out there that teams are going to bid on like crazy. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really hurt him, but... He, that would that would make for an insane contract. Yeah, it would be a fun offseason. Dang, he would... The amount of, he got guaranteed in his deal, he would love that. If he got cut right. from somewhere and go to someone else, he'd right. be making bank. He's like, please He's cut the me. The first $100 million <laughs> a year quarterback. He's going to try and get cut by a second team, too. He's like, this is the easiest money I got. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then just, you know, the Giants and Washington, they're, uh, they're eliminated. They're done. So why talk about them? Um, and then Detroit, they won beating us, uh, 11 and four. I mean, obviously they're the best team in this division, but I got to say this division really sucks. Um, yeah, but right now it Detroit, um, they're going to play the Rams right now. If the playoffs started today. I'd pick the Rams. I'd pick Detroit. You would? Yeah. Okay. I'd pick the Rams that game, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like more so going into it, Detroit, like, I feel like in a one-to-one matchup against the Rams' strengths, I feel like Detroit's defense, even as lackluster as it has been, 
comes out on top. Like you said, they are very good at uh, stopping the run, and the Rams have relied a lot on Kyron Williams to, like, keep the defenses honest. But if you can shut out Kyron Williams, shut him down, then they have to... Then they have to go to the passing game, and when you can start planning around that, that becomes a different ball game for. I mean, I know we said they're getting hot, but like it's not like the Rams' offense is that on fire compared to Detroit's offense. Well, I mean, let's just look at our game though. I mean, the Vikings' offense we we didn't have T.J. Hawkinson for the second half. We did not have Jordan Addison for the second half. So that's like taking Cooper Cupper, Puka Nakua, and then um, I forget their tight end's name. We had just talked about him earlier this year. He got a contract. Um, whatever. Uh, he's a solid tight end, though. It's like if he took those two away and then played, and that wouldn't be the factor going in. We only ran the ball ten times the entire game, and... I don't think the Rams would give up that quick like us. I, I feel like McVay is a better play caller. Also, Mullins and Stafford, there's a wide difference in talent. I don't think Stafford throws four picks. Even if Mullins just throws three picks, we probably won that game. That's true. So, I just, I don't think the Lions are that good. I think they're an extremely beatable team, but... Like, even if they were to win that game right now, they'd play Philly the next round. I think they'd get mopped oh, the floor. Yeah. But, say Dallas wins their next game against Philly that they play, because they play one more time this season, and then Dallas has a number two seed, and they win their first game, and Detroit wins. I'd pick Detroit, because Dallas ain't making it past the second round. So, doesn't matter if Dallas is better. Doesn't matter if God is their quarterback, and... And that's it. They have a bunch of tiny mice they're stomping on. The mice will win, you know, because Dallas can't win in the second round. It's just fact. <laughs> so um, that's the only reason I see Detroit making it. I mean, some team's going to have an easy go against Dallas in the second round. I just wouldn't want to play Dallas wildcard weekend. They're going to massacre you 50-5, yeah. to five, like some crazy st- – you'll literally have a field goal and a safety because Dak Prescott's got to make some bad play. Um, but the Vikings, I just, I feel like our season's over. Green Bay is seven and eight. Whoever wins this game will be second in the division and Chicago's six and nine, just two games back or one game back from both of us. So the Vikings could finish bottom of the division this year, which that would actually really piss me off. But, um, draft capital wise, it really wouldn't make that much of a difference. Yeah, no, that that wouldn't make enough of a difference for how shit that offseason would be made by being first to worst like right. that. I mean, Green Bay would, like, they're, they're in that spot where they can't really get rid of love. So they're kind of, like, stuck in the purgatory, which I like right I now. I do love that. Because they're not bad enough and they're not good enough for anything so they they gotta stand pat and run it again so that was damien's biggest fear and it was my greatest uh want of the off season or of the season so i got it (laughs) um and then the nfc south uh tampa bay they won going eight and seven atlanta lost or won going seven and eight new orleans lost seven and eight and carolina's eliminated um so New Orleans and Atlanta at that seven and eight position, and Tampa Bay at eight and seven. I feel like Tampa Bay is gonna do this, um, but th- this is a really competitive end between these three teams. Anyone could take it, yeah. but the way New Orleans been playing, 
I would probably pick them last right now out of the three, but then you got to look at Atlanta. You don't know what they're doing. Like, Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson are afterthoughts, nine times out of ten. Last week, they're both heavily involved and contributed to their win. What are you getting from Atlanta? So, that's why I like Tampa Bay. They have the most consistent quarterback, and they have a quality coaching staff, good receivers, a running back. Like, I just trust them more than anyone else right now. For sure, and I think... Unfortunately for Atlanta fans, Arthur Smith did enough to keep his job going into the offseason, so you're going to have another year of uh, when B. John, uh, like, you're going to have another year of uh, is Kyle Pitts or Bijan on uh, Arthur Smith's uh, shit list this week or not, as well as whoever else you pick first overall. I do think you're looking at a head coaching change in New Orleans next year, though, and potentially, like, uh, more of a staff rebuild from New Orleans. Potentially Derek Carr even being gone after he signed a decent contract with them. I'd be more shocked if that happened. I could see him giving one more year there, but I don't know. Len, if he leaves, though, another team's going to want it. Like He's another guy who could be a possible starter out there. Is he? He played well with the Raiders for a number of years, and then literally a top-tier wide receiver in the NFL wanted to bail on Rodgers to go play with his best friend. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me kind of like commends some respect. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback or anything, but I think there's enough teams with bad quarterbacks in here where I'd rather have Carr. I mean, you know, like... like, Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Carr than Mullins, but what are we really talking about here? Well, I mean, there's realistic and unrealistic teams like Carolina. I would rather play Derek Carr if I needed to win a game tomorrow than Bryce Young. But, obviously, my goal isn't to win a game tomorrow, it's to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And Bryce Young gives me the best chance in a five-year window, even if he's not playing as well right now. But then you got Atlanta. I'm going to keep pointing at them, because they have Ritter, and he's probably the worst quarterback that's starting. He could obviously go. The Giants, that's an interesting team, because you could go DeVito, you could stick with Taylor... Or you could just say, well, I paid this guy, and I'm going to be a... Stubborn. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Jones. So, Washington, uh, it's another team. I don't see Howell or Brissett being their starter next year. Um, Their car is a clear upgrade. Pittsburgh, I I think Pickett will probably get another go, but that's the one team that I think is potentially smart enough to not be stubborn and have an ego and just to say, you know what? We screwed up. We screwed up. We have a good team. Let's try again. And they could. I could see them doing that, and it would be okay. But I just think most teams cannot do that, and Pittsburgh's like the one of the only that have earned that respect over their lifetime. Mike Tomlin has earned that respect, specifically, more so than anything, I think. Also, I think it's very easy to picture Derek Carr in anything black in particular. So, like, picturing him as a stealer is very easy for me, personally. You, you picture him as a Cincinnati Bengal replacing Burrow. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> imagine this weird offseason. Burrow's done. Car's in. What? <laughs> Burrow traded to the Commanders <laughs> for a third-round pick. Um, but, yeah, and then Denver entered the equation of a quarterback, too. Yeah. You know? And uh, those are owners 
that have a lot of money that I could see just wanting to throw crap around and buy a championship today rather than going through the draft the right way. And you look at Denver's quarterback success. I mean, really, they've their only success is bringing people in. Yeah. And it didn't work with Wilson, but it worked with Manning. I mean, maybe you want to go that route again. And Carr makes a lot of sense based on how that team operates. Um you're not upgrading with Carr to Wilson, I don't think. I I'd rather stick with Wilson if you're going to do that, but Denver going to be Denver. He's also going to have much less of a price to him than Wilson. Because if this whole benching thing was for was to protect that twenty twenty five uh, season, then you know there this is purely a cap space move at that point. Yeah, and uh, I don't think Derek Carr is gonna fetch even forty mil plus, even though Daniel no. Jones did. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I could see that Daniel Jones kind of making teams a lot more wary on giving out deals and. Because at at some point, some team's going to be like Washington two years ago with Cousins. You're not worth it. We're not paying you. Yeah. Go ahead. And there's always going to be a team out there willing to pay. So you, you let a guy go. Some other team's going to want him. So, some other team's going to take a chance. On, like, I guarantee you, I hate Daniel Jones. But if they cut him this offseason and he went out there, there's a team out there. I don't know who it is. But there is a team out there that will offer him a deal that I'm not saying he finishes a year as a starter, but he'd be brought in to be the starter. And that's hilarious because he and and I think that's mostly because of the money he's earned. He, he, he's glued into your mind. He was a New York Giants starting quarterback who won a playoff game. There's got to be something there. You know, some team, some team there. Some team is going to do it. Some I team is know. stupid. Uh uh, they're not bringing him in at anywhere near good money if they do, you know? But, I mean, to find good money, like $20 million a deal, 20 mil. million, okay, 30 mil. I don't think they're paying him. I mean, it mil. depends. Like, you know, if, like, like Pittsburgh, an example, you know, they're looking for a quarterback, they want to move on. Yeah, they're not going to give him $30 million. Yeah. But Atlanta... They don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't. They have so much money, thirty million dollars. They just got Ritter, who's a running quarterback. I think they like that. Mar- Mariota was their start. That's the type of guy they like. <laughs> I think he could even bust a move every now and again if he had to. But yeah, no, Daniel Jones definitely fits that mold, I suppose. And he would fit so well with Bijan and Pitts. I mean, you don't even have to throw to him, and it's still like you did. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> and you can't even take the blame because everyone hates the coach. <laughs> yeah, it, it, see, see, Daniel Jones should just go to Atlanta. Like he could have so much of the pressure thrown onto the coach. <laughs> What's he gonna do when the coach is gone, though? You know, that's, that's future Daniel Jones' problem. You can only get two thirty and $40 million deals before they start to figure it out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then um, just a brief Minnesota Green Bay uh, preview. Like Andrew previously mentioned, uh, that J.R. Alexander, the Packers cornerback, has been suspended, and it is for, quote, conduct detrimental to the team unquote and i saw like some post um game interviews and stuff what happened is like he made himself a captain yeah like he just decided i'm from carolina i'm a captain yeah 
And then he had the balls to be the one to make the call. If he just goes out there as a captain and just kind of like just chills next to him while they do all the like yeah. coin flip stuff, this doesn't happen. Like maybe Matt LaFleur just looks at him sideways on the right. way back. But the fact that he made the call and made the call wrong. Right. Yeah, like the coach or he was asked like, was this, was that a last minute change to Jerry Alexander? He's like, uh, yeah, something like that. You know, teammates have my back. Right. <laughs> and then the coach was like, was that a last minute change? And he's, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious though, because out of all the games to pick, because I think a lot a lot of people are running with. He's scared to play Addison and Jefferson. He doesn't want the smoke, and that was what a lot of people were saying. Maybe, but then you saw this, and see, I don't think, I think the team had to do it. Is Jair that stupid, or or did he actually plan this? Like, to just be such a doofus that he could get the suspension so he doesn't have to do it? No, I think he's just that stupid. I've heard from a <laughs> lot of Packers fans that, like, Jair is a bit of a shithead overall, and, like, they like him, and it's, you know, he's a good corner, so it goes under the radar, much like how Tomlin yeah. hides all of his wide receivers shit. Matt LaFleur, I guess, just hides a lot of Jair shit. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, he is apparently a bit of a doofus, and this is right up his alley, and very few Packers fans are very surprised by this. Which, by the way, according to LaFleur, this isn't the first time this happened this season to the Packers. They didn't name names, but apparently, like, this is also an example, like, because it happened in, previously in the season. Maybe you should just name captains for the year, if yeah. that's consistently happening. Maybe you should just name Jair Alexander as your all-time captain, just so he doesn't make these mistakes and you don't have to suspend him. <laughs> Because he, he don't know. <laughs> that would have been absolutely hilarious, though, if Jair Alexander caused the first, like... Because what had happened was he chose an option that would have made it so the Packers kicked off to start the game and at, at, and and after halftime. So the Packers would have lost the possession if they went with uh, Jair's pick and the ref didn't come in and say, Are you sure you didn't mean defer? <laughs> No, we don't want the ball. We don't like the ball. <laughs> yeah. I want to be out there, right? <laughs> I am scared of that. I don't want to play. So, yeah, um, that makes the game very winnable because, winnable. well, losing Hawkinson, though, like, that hurts really bad. And we don't know the status on Addison right now. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play. Like, I haven't heard anything serious. And, you know, there's been no indication that it's a serious injury. It's going to hamper him. Yeah. So maybe he's not 100% or whatever. But I would imagine he's good to go. And Oliver's proved good enough. And uh, Nick Muse, I think he's our other guy. Or, yeah. And we have good tight end depth. Um I'd like to give Chandler more runs, and Osborne's picking up slack, so Powell's came into his own. I think we have too many weapons for them to deal with. It's just going to come down to Mullins or Hall or whoever starts the turnover. That has been the key story all season. Madison was a big issue for a long time, then it was Dobbs, and now it's Mullins. Uh, We just need people to go out there and not turn the damn ball over, but... 
That's it's almost a lot. like it's easy. <laughs> it's a lot to ask for. But um, I believe after hearing that injury that we will win. I believe we will beat the Green Bay Packers and go 500 at that point um, with hope of the playoffs. But um, that I believe that's over. We lost and uh, that... We needed to win one of these games that we've lost recently. Cincinnati would have been it, or else Detroit. But... I'm back in the tank camp, but I definitely want to beat the Packers. Yeah, I'll, I'll take number two in the like finishing number two in the division is worth like the minus two spots in the draft. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I'd still like to make the playoffs if we do, but you know, we'll have to see. I just want to finish ahead of the Packers. Um, but it's at home against the Packers. And we had such a rough Christmas Eve. We gotta have a nice New Year's Eve, right? Right. We gotta go into the New Year thinking positively. Didn't they drop like forty points on us week last, uh, like week seventeen or something like that of last season? Maybe we could do that to them. I don't remember. I was here for that. It was a prime time game. Must have been. Yeah. Huh. No, I because I remember we watched the Lions. Packers game here like to like there's a final game of the season so we must have watched the Packers Vikings before that the week before but anyway I want to kind of stomp the Packers by like 40 for sure I really want to do that to a team and if we can do that to the Packers that'd be awesome well who are you picking for the game to win though do you think the Vikings win or do you I'm picking the Vikings okay well I mean you want them but do you do you think they win no I'm pretty confident that they're gonna win and they lost look at us we're always the analysts we pick 100% one side and screw it up (laughs) nah nah the Vikings got this so yeah I I think we'll win we'll be eight and eight we both we both are uh in agreement that's uh that's all we can hope for right now winning season after losing Kirk Cousins in week four I'll take it it, it, even if we finish seven and ten after what this season was, I'll take it. Yeah, honestly, like I don't think many teams could finish the way we have with all the injuries. It's been an extremely rough and frustrating season. Since um, he couldn't do it, no, since he could not do it, but T. Higgins can. He can do it, I guess. <laughs> he can do whatever, whatever he wants. Like man, that, that whole team slumping except for Higgins. He's just like becoming Randy Moss 2.0. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's all I want to say. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Andrew? Nah, nah, nah. I went on enough rants. All right then. Well, that is the final episode of the year. 2023 was the first year of Ope Sports with Jordan Adams, and we ran 29 episodes. That is absolutely crazy. I don't believe we started until March last year, so I imagine we uh, hit past 30 this year, so that'll be exciting. But I want to thank everyone for listening, and I want to thank my co-hosts, uh, who uh, are not here today, and my co-host who is here today, Andrew, for always, uh, you know, coming on when they can and giving their insight. It's uh, fun to talk sports with all these guys, and I really appreciate uh, everyone out there for listening and supporting. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you for listening, folks. Um, and that is uh, everything. So, uh, Jordan Adams, signing off. This a glory roll for artists who going the farthest Don't let me start this spiral of control Got the pen to touch my soul like what you owe To the devil man and you ain't even got a plan Probably gonna lose hope and kick the can 